Okay, we're good to go. Hi everyone, welcome to CEO Class Session. My name is Lini Raj and I'm the host of today's session. CEO Class is a Global for Impact initiative. As we know today, COVID has limited a lot of things, not just the way we think, the way we interact, but also the way we shop, the way we work, and the way we learn. For that reason, we want to organize different virtual fire sessions with greatest leaders around the world. We want to inspire young people about their career growth, the goals, and what they have in the future, and how to actually go over those backfires. Are you ready? Today, we invite you to go over and have this amazing story. If you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat, and we will go over them at the end of the session. So, with all said, it is with great pleasure that we welcome our first entrepreneurs for Taiwan's chapter. Bo, tell us, how is everything going today? <laughs> Hey, Limi. Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. Everything's doing good, and I hope that you guys are also doing great. So, we have a little backstory since 2018, and this is like the first time that we meet again. But I'm going over your story, but tell us about your story. Tell us who is Bo Descarga and what we expect from him. Okay, well, a little bit about myself. Well, I got to tell you, uh, before I start with my entrepreneurial journey, Many people really knew me as an employee experience leader to, you know, some companies that are um, international companies, actually, that um, that have presence in the Philippines, like like those of Bank of America, StarTech, Accenture and JP Morgan Chase. So I spent over 10 years of my employee life career <laughs> managing different facets of HR, really focusing on recruitment, onboarding people. Um, engagement, improving the overall employee experience of our employees, and offboarding. Um, right now, I am the CEO and uh, founder of Better Team. Uh, Better Team is an all-in-one employee experience platform that uh, that offers employee experience analytics, simplified employee rewards and recognition, and on-demand mental health support. So pretty much everything that we do in Better Team right now is, is about improving employee experience. And just to we start in this incredible before we start in this incredible roller coaster, can you tell us a little bit about employee experience? Is it like just having fun, or what is it all about? Because most people think, oh, they just have fun organizing events here and there, but it's actually a little more. It's how you connect to the employee, and then how, what the employee will say after outside of the company. What do you think about it? That's a great question. So that's the misconception between employee experience and employee engagement. They always interchange the two. But really, employee experience is superior to employee engagement. Always keep that in mind. Employee experience is all about the overall experience of an employee from the time that they saw the, the job posting from the, and then the time that they went inside the office to really apply for the position, the interview process, as well as, you know, the time that they've already joined the organization. So employee experience encompasses the overall journey from the time that they joined uh, to the time that they decided that, you know what, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and move on and move to another company. So whatever that experience is from point one to point let's say, point end, will be all about employee experience. Um, you mentioned something about events, making people happy. So that's employee engagement, and that's just part of the of employee experience. So if you are into HR, if you are going to do business, and if you want to focus on employee experience, that's what it is. The overall 
flow of experience of an employee from the time that they decided to join the company up to the time that they have decided to leave the, the company. Wow, thank you for that quick introduction. I think that is a very important uh, conception of like a 360 employee journey and exactly. how we yeah. follow them all the way through. But tell me, what motivates you from going from an employee all the way to a self-startup entrepreneur? Um, you know, I would say that what we're building right now is really part of my frustrations. You see, I've been doing employee experience, doing HR for over 10 years. And over and over again, my boss would always ask me, okay, Bo, how are we performing against our competitors? Um, what are the things that we got to have to focus on? What are the things that we have to improve on? So, so we can target that optimal employee experience. And I'm going to tell you, Limi, I am always finding it hard to answer the question. And, you know, I'm finding it hard to answer because there's no available tool that would really enable me to understand what's going on. Um, there are tools out there. I'm not saying that, you know, what we're building is actually the first in the market. Um, it is just that the available tools out there is something that is not applicable to the type of culture that we have here, specifically in Asia Pacific. That's why I'm always finding it hard. Oh, gosh, how would I know if my score of 3.8 over 5 is actually a good score? I don't have a comparison data. And because of that frustration in 2017, you know what? I said to myself, I got this small amount of money. I'm going to go ahead and start building my own solution. And that's how the story, uh, you know, began. You know, I think it's very important how you actually saw, like, I think we when we go through the through as we see the organization through the employees sometimes we see them as, as robots and we forget that when we want to check on pain points we're trying to see them as a standard robot they say yes no i'll do it i will do it uh, i'm leaving goodbye hello but i think most of the companies they forget that they actually have humans they have humans that have a work life and a personal life and they are also battling on making that balance And then we forget to actually nurture those needs and find those pain points. And how does your app actually get to that way in like in, in a very innovative way? Right. You know what? I would have to agree to that. You know, that's that's very sad. And it is happening right now. Um, not all of the organizations, but there are organizations who will treat their employees as robot, uh, robots. Like they're going to give you the task that you have to complete and they expect you to complete it. And after that, we're all done. You know, employment is not like that. And that's where we are coming in. Because in Better Team, what we're doing is we provide HR leaders, people leaders, decision makers in an organization, um, sentiments analytics, um, educating them. What are the things that matter, you know, matter to your employees? What are the things that, you know, that are surrounding, noise that surrounds your, your employees right now and things that you can do to improve that overall employee experience? And the good thing about it is that Because of our current situation, that kind of perception has changed already. Like a lot of businesses now, a lot of people leaders now are putting premium on sympathy and empathy on employees. Um, like they are now seeing the value of checking into their employees, making sure that they talk to them and ask them because we are in a very challenging time. They've realized that if they're not going to take care of the employees and if they're going to continue to treat their employees like that, like, you know, being a robot, 
these employees not going to be able to provide optimal performance, which will then have a direct effect on the overall business bottom line performance. So we are coming in as a solution where we gather all of those data, all of those feedback, and feed it to the decision makers and HR leaders so they can understand what are the things that they have to do so they can sustain that, you know, improve uh, performance in the workplace. So I think that's very important because as a COVID, we face to what we all call the new normal. And you talk about challenging times. Tell me, how is the journey to start? Because you basically start during COVID, right? During pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if there are some positive things that I am going to take out of our current situation, that's probably the business that I started. Um, there's just a lot of realization. Um, in this in this very challenging time. Number one, we've realized that you can actually start a business even if you're just doing it at home. I gotta tell you, my co-founder, we haven't met in person. So so it's all virtual and we've been what? We've been operating for a year now. Um, so we haven't met in person. So the work become borderless. Um, you can work anywhere, you can work anytime. And that's good because you are now gaining that flexibility to perform at your own pace. On a business standpoint, it becomes a lot easier. Meetings are now becoming easier, to be honest with you. Like if I need to talk to, I, I need to do presentations to a pros, uh, to a client, you know, I'm just going to send them a Zoom link and they're just going to jump right into it. And and if we're just on a, let's say, 2019, it's it's going to be hard because I need to travel to that office, set up a time with that person, and more often, if you are in the office setup, someone's gonna reach, uh, someone's gonna approach you. So our five o'clock will become 5:15 or 5:10. So there's just a lot of disruption. But because of the current setup right now, and good thing that I can take out of the current challenging time, you know, business is becoming a lot easier, at least for the type of business that we're building. Um, plus collaboration, I, I, I saw a good amount of increase in collaboration. Um, we get to hire people outside of our region. Like I have, I have developers outside um, Manila, um, uh, which is good because now the source of talent um, is much wider than, you know, in a normal setup. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I know you said something about networking and you said something about your co-founder. What frustrations did you face when you start fundraising? And what will you suggest to people in this? Like, how are you doing it right now versus how do you start it? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the frustration during that fundraising was really the, the target uh, the target market validation. So that has become a challenge primarily because, you know, everything's virtual. And given that the solution that we're building is something targeted to enterprise. So there are a lot of clearances that we have to go through on a cybersecurity perspective, a data protection perspective. So that requires a lot of due diligence. Um, so, and because of those due diligence that we have to go through, the, the validation cycle is taking so much time, which then, you know, affected our overall fundraising efforts because without those validation we're not going to be able to tell a good story to investors that hey we are a business that's good to invest in because um, xyz company said that it's like this and that and in fact we've got this sort of like traction to prove that this is a business that is worth investing for so that's that's one of the critical frustrations that that we had and actually still an ongoing uh, frustration to be honest with you and in this case, uh, 
how do you see yourself uh, fundraising and networking in the future? Like, uh, will you try different stuff? I know you're doing like uh, pitches and competitions. Is that how you started with the seat money? That's right. Um, so in terms of getting funded, getting that money into the bank, yeah, utilize all the programs available out there. You know, um, we are in a region where in venture capitalists are really pouring in money. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to tell you, Asia Pacific is is the one driving the economic movement, the movement of the economy of the world. So everything is happening here. And that's the very reason why venture capitalists are really pouring their money in this region. All you have to do is to look for them. And then how are you going to look for them? Gosh, there's just a lot of accelerator program online. Um, LinkedIn is going to be your best friend. They're all on LinkedIn. Um, there are even websites that will enable you to to do your pitches. What we're doing on our end, we recorded our own pitch. Like we, we have our three-minute pitch that's on YouTube and listed video. That way, whenever an investor would want to have, you know, yeah, let me have a look. Then we can just send that video over and a, a prepared deck as well. And then once the investor would love to, to talk more about it, then that's the time that we set schedule. But it is an endless meeting and meeting and meeting um, until such time that you get those, you know, needed money in the bank. <laughs> and in this case, uh, I know we talk about the investors. I know we talk about how it all started, but... What about when you start pitching to the real clients? How was it? Were you surprised of who said yes and who said no? Oh, you know what? Um, so far, my client interactions are not yet that so tough <laughs> because our go-to-market strategy is to focus on the yes customer. So for all of those people in, in this conversation who are wanting to do to, to start working on their idea, um, here's what I would recommend. If you are going to the market, focus on your yes customers. And who are these people? People within your circle. Since my domain expertise is in HR and I have 10 years of experience there, over that course of time, I was able to build some connection in the industry. So our go-to-market strategy is to focus on that circle first. That's why when I reach out to them, that I told them, hey, you know what? I'm building a solution to our problem. I'm going you so. Gotta, yeah, uh, you got to talk to me about this and you know since you know we, we kind of have some reputation the good reputation in the industry they will immediately jump in that's why the users that we have right now these are close friends it was not an easy pitch to be honest with you in fact a lot of them even you know um just reach out over hey bo we know that you're working on something we want to try it out so so far <laughs> it's not yet that's so um hard but once we've exhausted that circle that's a time that i'm going to be able to tell you whether our pitching to clients are becoming harder and harder. And in this case, tell me all about your team. So you have a, a big team. What's going on? Is it virtual? Do you have them like uh, spread all over Philippines? Yeah, um, pretty small team. There are a total of nine of us in, uh, we're, <laughs> oh, in our team right now. Yeah, That's a lot for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so um, myself and my co-founder, um, and uh, so that's the two of us in, in the founding team. Um, in the leadership team, we also have a chief psychologist who is responsible for everything related to psychological theory and psychological interpretation of our data. Yeah. And then the rest are actually part of the engineering team. So we've got our software engineers who's, who's responsible in maintaining the our our platform and developing them further. So that's that's where we are. They are based. Um, Myself being in the capital city, and then uh, my engineers there are spread across the northern part of the country and 
and a couple in the southern part. So everything's virtual. Um, so so that's how we, we conduct our business right now. So we haven't seen each other personally. It is our goal that hopefully once everything is okay, we get to see each other, fl- probably fly those people in the southern region here in Manila so we can all meet together. Oh, now get ready because this one, it's fi- <laughs> you're in fire. You're in the fire seat. So I have a question. Considering your type of business, considering who you focus, how do you choose your culture, your company's culture, and how you determine if somebody's culture fit to your company? How, what will you suggest to those entrepreneurs? Because I think the key, before you have the amazing idea, it has to be backed up by an amazing team. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know what? I, I, I told my co-founder that I, wanna, I don't want to set up a specific culture to follow. I wanted our company to be perceived as an organization that's open to whatever type of belief, whatever type of culture that you have. I wanted us to focus on service delivery rather than identifying who you are and knowing how you can fit into the culture that we wanted. I don't like that kind of company. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted my, my employees, future employees to you know come in as who they are, perform at their best, You know, we are going to set expectations. What are the things that we wanted to accomplish in a in an agreed timeline? And so long as you are meeting those, we're all good with it. But we're not going to impose any culture at all. I strongly believe that uh, a good organization will be must be very flexible in terms of you know um, identifying that culture. Um, and we shouldn't be imposing, to be honest with you. And and I think that's the trend that I'm seeing in yeah. the type of employees that are coming into the workforce right now. Because I got to tell you, Limi, in in five to ten years' time, we're going to be losing boomers in the workforce. Yeah. The trend now, you see, 52% of our employees today are millennials. 12% are Gen Zs. So imagine that 64% Zenials, combination of millennials and Gen Zs. So, and and these type of employees, they have a totally different way of identifying themselves, and at the same time, different way of working. So, if you want your organization to last, or if you are an entrepreneur that's now you know building your own organization, I would recommend that you do not focus on you know imposing your culture. Instead, be be flexible about it because you are entertaining the new generation of workforce <laughs> that are very particular about individuality. And I think that they're very strict and they really know who they are and they're very independent. And if it doesn't fit for them, they're not scared to go outside and look for something that actually exactly. fits for them. Exactly. So, Because they know who they are and they're not gonna they're not gonna jump right into your organization then they're going to change themselves. No, because what I'm seeing right now in the trends of the type of workforce that we're having today, they don't care about the money anymore. They are more on, you know, money is secondary. Obviously, they still have a lot of things that they wanted to buy, right? So I'm not saying that money is not going not gonna to matter anymore. No, money is there, but that's not a priority anymore. Priority is, am I going to be able to express myself here? Am I going to be very happy in working here? And then, secondary the money so so yeah in terms of building that culture to your question i wanted to be very flexible about that not imposing but rather encouraging you to be yourself and you know educating us what you know what are the things that you wanted to to do and what the things that you wanted to achieve in a, in a, in a specific period of time 
And in this case, now that we went through your company, what about you? What's your life philosophy from the bow that was actually employed to the actually new entrepreneur bow that you made yourself, you build something, it's growing and it's going to escalate in two years. Wow, we can't wait to see what's coming. But what would be your life philosophy and what what do you follow? Like who do you even who do you even think? Um, well, right now, you know, After starting Better Team, I've seen a lot of opportunities in improving employee experience. And whenever I'm getting questions such as that, like, "Hey, what's going to be your life mission now?" <laughs> you are technically in a in a mission uh, today. So I told my co-founder, "You know, I want to build something that will really touch on the overall experience of folks that are working." You know, it is sad, um, and and this is what I've noticed during the course that I'm trying to fundraise and pitching to different events. It is sad that there's not much of VCs, investors that are really interested in HR technology. Unfortunately, well, not really unfortunate, but but sur- I don't know. I'm just surprised that they would prefer to invest on fintech, like financial banking. Yeah, I know banking is is. A, a huge market in Asia Pacific, but yeah, that that has always been you know things that are going to my mind. Like, why are we not getting so much interest in the space of HR technology? And that's the very reason why. To answer the point, you know, the question around mission: What are the things that I want to do in the future? I wanna, I wanna start a revolution, something that will encourage people to really understand that hey, you gotta have to invest on HR technology. Because we are coming into a point where in employee experience, employee well-being will become a top priority for highly, highly high-performing organization. So I want to build. I want to continuously build solutions surrounding HR technology, and that's the very reason why our company is not called Better Team. We are registered as Texture Lab Inc. Technology of the Future Laboratory oh, yeah. Inc. And and the reason why I registered that name is because we don't want to be confined within Better Team. Because you know, there's not going to be so much room for add-ons if you're going to be registered as Better Team. Instead, we registered it as a as Texture Lab Inc. Because Better Team is just one of those solutions that we're going to be building. Eventually, as we move along with the journey, we are going to see some other opportunities, and we want to jump right into that opportunity and then present us to you know clients, investors, so they can understand that hey, this is something that you have to to focus on as well. And do you have any mentors along the way that have uh, support you? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I have a couple of mentors actually. Um, a former HR boss oh, that really? I really, yeah, I really look up to. Um, until now, she is actually the one uh, sending some feedback with regards to the features that we're developing, mm-hmm. things that we have to focus on, as well as some trends in the HR world. This is a, a pretty senior um, lady in the space of HR, someone who worked with several se- uh, several multinational companies, not just in Asia Pacific, but also in in North America and and EMEA. Um, and then the other is another um, senior leader in the outsourcing sector as well, whom I worked with in the past. So she is more focused on business and financials. So if you want to learn something around that, how to strategize around that, she is the best person. So she is the one that I, that I really looked up into and also a mentor for me. And then yeah, my HR boss. So and and that's and I wanna I wanna share to everyone that you know if you're gonna be starting a business, if you're gonna be beginning a startup, you gotta have to look for those people. That's gonna be you know that's gonna be cheering you because <laughs> um, the travel or the road 
um, in this startup journey is quite rough. And you need some people that's gonna be able to cheer you up at a time that you know you are kind of feeling down and feeling that you don't want to move move forward anymore. And in this case, uh, talking about rough, have you ever gone through something that you say, "Oh no, oh, I tried to dodge a bullet, but this happened." That you mm-hmm. today, like you solved it, but today you have done it different. Mm-hmm. Oh, many times, many <laughs> times. So. Um, How am I gonna? There's just a lot of a lot of things that happened, you know. Uh, this journey was never easy. Like I am an HR person. I don't have any. I don't know anything about financial modeling. I don't know anything about go to market. Anything marketing and sales. Ask me anything about HR and people management. I'm gonna be able to answer that question and probably talk about it whole day. But I don't know anything about business management. Um, so I made a lot of wrong decisions at the beginning of of the journey. But you know, I'm the type of person who don't dwell on it so much. Like it happens already. Um, we're not going to be able to retract it. So the only option that we have really right now is to swallow it and learn from it. And I'm always telling my people that if you're going to be involved in a huge mistake, don't focus so much on what happened. Instead, focus on what you've learned from it and make sure that it's not going to happen again. Because if it happened again, then we have an issue. We have a problem here. You know. Um, So yeah, there there are a lot of 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 bullets that you have to notch, and and I gotta tell you, there are some that you're not gonna be able to uh, what to call that um, avoid, and the only option is to just really take it, take it and bounce and back, move on. <laughs> yeah, and move on. Yeah. You know, I think coming from the technology in- industry, uh, once we start working with phones and computers and doing the uh, tech service. We just get that word master reset. We hit the master reset, and then we come back for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, don't dwell on it so much. Maybe in the next couple of hours, or maybe a day after that, we're all gonna move on. And I gotta be honest. For me, I think you have done something incredible. If we focus on the word happiness and the concept of happiness, whether it's from employee, but at the end, it's not just for the employee. It's for different stakeholders. And at the end, it goes to the end client of the company, to the end user. And yes, you develop. We, you were an expert in happiness, but you have done a great design in happiness with the app, with the technology. You have actually known how to market happiness to different stakeholders. It has been very successful. And with all of this coming during COVID, how do you see current COVID nineteen challenges that bring to the students? And like, how do you suggest them? Or can tell them to go through the new normal, and how to take it from this to this young generation. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I talk to some students, um, they feel that they are a lost generation. That's what they're always telling me. Primarily because they they've just lost a lot of opportunities, you know, that they could have been doing right now. Like we've been. Um, Well, here in Manila, we've been on lockdown for two years, so everyone's really on at home studying. Internships must be postponed. Maybe there will be some internships, but you gotta have to do it online. Again, it's too, it's different yeah. compared to an internship that you gotta have to do face to face. Another graduation, instead yeah. of you celebrating that with your friends face to face, and really walk the the aisle, um, you gotta have to do it online. So. When I when I talk to a couple of students, because I I taught senior high school too, um, aside from my HR job, 
and they would always tell me you know what yeah we felt like we are a lost generation because we've lost a lot of opportunities and i would always tell them you know what don't feel that way and this is going to be maybe something that i want to share with all the students that we have that we have right now don't feel that you are a lost generation you know what i admire you because you continued i feel that this is a generation that's going to introduce a lot of innovation innovation in a sense that you know you've experienced the challenges of our current situation i'm sure you've seen opportunities on how to make things better i'm sure you've seen a lot of things that you can do to 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 improve the the situation that we are um we are in right now that's why i would always tell my students um no you're not a lost generation but rather a, a generation that is gearing towards innovation and realization innovation that in a sense that i know you're going to be building something you just don't know how to to start and i think that's where we are coming in you know people that have started and really telling you where to start second is realization i think this is already a generation that have realized the value of sympathy and empathy more than ever i think this is a generation that's gearing towards you know uh compassion because everyone's going through a very tough time and that's admirable so you are not a lost generation but rather a welcoming generation because you welcome a lot of things and and i can see really this generation leading innovation you know i've i've met a lot of students while they are in in their college years already starting a business so imagine that and i was like oh god <laughs> they <laughs> know more than me. yeah <laughs> they know more than myself so so yeah maybe that's that's what i'm going that's what i'm seeing for for these students and young I mean, generation no and i totally agree with you i don't think uh with the new normal with covid what really happened is that we're not seeing the voice of the future generation like no it's the voice of the present generation they're on career like they're actually a revolution and it's happening and we need to help them and in this case what will you advise them for future ceos and what should they know what skills should they learn what skills should they put in practice and are crucial for developing their future career mm-hmm. well for future ceos upskill focus <laughs> on soft skills and that's number one. So if you are a CEO, not a technical CEO, then focus on the soft skills. As a CEO, you should be able to communicate very well. Like what are the future for your company? What are the things that you guys are building? And and that's one thing that I'm also working on right now just so you know. Um apparently in the world of startup everything is going fast. You only have like 30 seconds to do your elevator pitch. And if you are not a good communicator, you don't know how to frame the way you're going to communicate it. If you're going to find it hard to send the message across that hey investors, we are a solution that you should be looking at because we're do this and that. So focus on soft skills. That's very important. Um second, once you're done with soft skills, it is always better to upscale on a technology uh technology side. So if you are not a tech a uh, tech founder tech ceo then also you know try to understand how things are going on a technology standpoint um if you have the time learn how to do it because that's going to be very important most especially because at the beginning of your startup journey yeah. you are going to be the ceo you are going to be the sales head the customer service you, you are going to yeah everything <laughs> you're going to be wearing all of those hats and unfortunately you got to have to know all of those at least on a high level so it's important that you upskill yourself and you also brush up on your soft skills so you can properly communicate what are the things that you guys are doing as well as the future plans so in 2022 who are the people that inspire you to keep growing and innovating what's mm. next 
people that are really inspiring me until now you know i'm always getting you know my inspiration is really coming from number one steve jobs oh, wow. because he is crazy mm-hmm. so and i i love to call myself as a crazy one as well so i got that from steve jobs second i looked up to jeff bezos of amazon um and the reason is because he is a stubborn visionary i think if you are a ceo of a startup you gotta have to focus on that vision and if people will tell no not that's not gonna happen be stubborn and fight for it um, and make it happen and then another person that i really looked up into and really inspiring me you know i would say lee kun yu former pm of of singapore i just like his brilliant mind you know how he how he transformed singapore into an economic powerhouse of today like how he he can predict the future and things that you got got have to do right right today because it will have an impact on uh, in the future so i like that kind of idea so these are the people that are really inspiring me right now no and i don't i definitely understand i think i've seen incredible designers with their incredible like layout and what they're doing and how they're going to help like how they help pain point identify pain points and give them solutions but it's like oh my god like this person should be entrepreneur like now <laughs> so i think it's very nice how everything can start from nothing and most important on the worst opportunities in this case through quarantine through covid or even after losing a job or after getting an opportunity or not receiving the opportunity that you actually Uh, wanted that you spent in that moment. So once we go to the resources, what significant resource, blog, books, uh, what do you do? Like, what's your usual routine on that area? And how do you keep on top of your game? Okay, cool. Well, I always um, wake up at six in the morning. And I would always spend the first two hours, um, you know, reading on some books. Um, so I always dedicate that. And that's always on my calendar. So that way I won't forget it. Number two, I will always be reminded that hey, you gotta have to go back to that book that you're trying <laughs> to finish. So the first two hours of my day will always focus on upscaling. Oh. So that's on my calendar and it says upscaling there because my calendar is usually shared to a lot of people. Oh. And if it's available, <laughs> you can always book that time. They can see my calendar. Um, So the first couple of hours really focusing on that um, and identifying some books. Like I get some recommendations from people. Um, some of the books that I receive right now are really gifts from from my friends who who found out that I started a business. So they sent some books that I'm reading. Um, so continuously learn from that. Um, usually the first 30 minutes is all about reading books. And then the other 30 minutes is all about um, going on some TED Talk or whatever. Oh. Um, Uh, webinars that's available online. I also utilize, you know, right now I just started listening on some podcasts on Spotify, utilizing all of them. So I love them. So yeah, uh, so pretty much plan it, put it on your calendar so it can happen. Um, and never forget to upskill yourself again, because in order for you to be at the top of your game and be very successful with what you're doing is, you know, you gotta have to consume all of these good stuff. So So you can make good decisions for your company because I, I, I told you, I'm not a business person really. So these are the things that I'm doing to also upskill myself and make sure that I get the full understanding of the things that are going on, on the, in the business universe. Now, Bo, this is the part where you spill the tea and tell us a little bit. Are you planning on writing a book? Because your books <laughs> you are know, so good. <laughs> I was told about it. You know what? They told me that, you know, why don't you write a book about employee experience? You should. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not saying no to that, but I think that's gonna be a good idea. But on on back of uh, at the back of my head, I was like, are they still buying books now? I think everything's like digital now. So, so yeah. I, well, I'm not taking that idea out. I I think it makes sense to come up with a book. It's focusing on people experience on how HR on how people leaders will be able to better the experience of their folks. Well, you know, I think you basically uh, if we. If we analyze it, you actually crack the code on employee experience, because there's something where managers are not listening to employees, and that's making them actually leave the company. And that's like the worst thing that can happen when you turn it to attrition, when you turn it to your succession plan, and all the way to the the future. So if you actually get to keep them, but you actually get to stay, make them feel part of a family in a very open and flexible way. I think it will be a great book. It will be a great success story. And oh, I know you know more stories mm. than anybody. <laughs> yeah, sort of like a manual, right? Yes. Manual for people management. But the thing about employee engagement, it evolves. Yes. Like the employee engage, the trend of employee engagement of this year would probably different from the next year. So it has to, you know, the learning process must continue. Um, the the strategy must be revisited on that uh, from time to time. Because again, it evolves, and usually, those changes are being affected by the type of culture, the type of workforce that are coming in. That's why maybe if I'm gonna be writing a book, it's gonna be per volume. Like volume one is like this, and then volume two will be sort of like an update on what are the things that happen. So, yeah. And I think that I think that's very interesting because in this case, it's like okay, this is the employee where the individual we're focusing on, but that's the future manager. If you're yep. an entrepreneur, that's the person that you will need to expand and to elevate. So I think yep. it's a very important topic. Uh, as I tell you, I believe that you cracked the code. You have no idea like how many people can't communicate to their team, and that's the reason why they can't grow. So it, it is very important. And then how you market happiness and how you tell them we have the solution, and it's all going back to your people. They're not yep. robots. They're humans, and they have needs, and they all want to grow. I think that's the most important part. Where they want to grow, but they don't know why, and there's a miscommunication bridge of why am I not growing, and why the manager thinks they're not ready, right. but there's no development. Right, right. I can totally agree with that. That's where better team will come in, really. Um, cracking that code, letting managers know that hey, these are the things that are going on. Go do something if you want to keep <laughs> all of these people. And as you say, that this process is always upgrading. And yep. actually changing and getting us by surprise. If you can start again, will you do anything different? Mm. You know, if starting again, you mean scrapping off what I have worked on, I would, I would probably not, because things that happened in the past and things that are happening right now are the things that made who I am today. But if you're gonna tell me. Yeah, start again without scrapping the things that I have worked on. Then yes, probably I might, uh, because this time I will be applying all of those things that I've learned and come up with a better, probably better approach, better opportunity, or better solution. So, so it depends, Limi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you will, but with definitely smart things, like definitely yeah. tricks out of the bag. Yeah. And as we prep for the questions and answers from the public. I want to know from your entrepreneur circle, 
Who will you challenge to join our next CEO session and why? Who is doing something that you say, oh my God, what is this? How did he do it? What's going on? Like, who will be that person that you're like, you got to keep watching him because something's going on? Yeah. Maybe I have two names in my mind. Number one, you know, someone that I that I met in one of the networking activities here in the country, uh, JT Solis of Miami. He is the CEO of an you know an impact driven agricultural platform empowering the farmers oh. you know I, i'm always a huge fan of you know focusing on the marginalized sector of of the country and i think what they're doing there is just magical um so i i think he's going to be able to share a lot of insights about focusing on this marginalized industry and on how to empower p- farmers second maybe the founder of kumu i don't know if you're familiar with kumu a social media app um roland ross um they've they've been through a lot of challenges like something that you're not gonna imagine and i think his story on how they become very successful now um is something that is worth sharing to to everyone so they can think you know you know they can get an inspiration on how on how they can continue with what they wanted to build because mind you again and i think everyone knows about this you know building a company is not so easy there's just a lot of things that's going to happen sometimes your first idea will not be the business that you're going to be building eventually you got to have to change that um so I, yeah those are the two people that you know th- that I think will be very very valuable in being part of this conversation well thank you for that and did that happen to you where you started with this idea and it ended up to something totally different really oh ab- absolutely 2017 i got to tell you Limi. better team back in 2017 was called bazooka <laughs> <laughs> and the idea in 2017 was just to create some sort of marketplace for rewards um sort of like Lazada now wherein there are items available and then since your employer gave you uh, rewards points you get to use your rewards points to purchase whatever oh. items available there the thing is in 2017 i never i did have an idea about you know doing a startup my idea of building a business was you have a savings you use your money and then build your business so that's what i did and unfortunately it depleted my savings so i lost all my money because it's expensive to hire developers so i decided you know what yeah i'm just going to take that business and then put it on the shelves and go back to my corporate job and then when the pandemic happened uh that was in 2020 i think it was middle 2020 bazooka transition into my rewards and my rewards is more of like yeah there's still the marketplace but now we're adding fitness to it and then when we talk to the market talk to the clients talk to a lot of people is this a feature that you guys will be paying uh, we will receive a lot of feedback no they wanted employee opinion survey they wanted mental health they wanted feature 1 2 3 so the my rewards transition into the better team of today so imagine that that's why i'm telling you your idea today might not be the business that you're going to be building it will go through some transition and eventually you're going to realize that you know what yeah this is what i wanted to do and that's okay no and i totally understand because if you put me if if i ever maybe in the future we don't know if i ever get to be your future investor And you put me plan A, B, and C. I would totally go for bazooka. I'll be like, yes, there's the money. 
we got the things, we got the prices, we excite everybody. And then <laughs> I will never believe that you tell me, nope, it, it was too expensive to afford. And then we got the whole designing team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you are going to, to start a business, focus on the customer really. Understand what they, what they want. Because sometimes you wanted to build this because this is what I want. This is, I, I just love using this. The thing is, <laughs> do your customers pay for it? So you gotta have to talk to them and really ask them, is this something that you guys will be willing to pay? Because only then that you're gonna be able to get the validation of what you're building. You don't wanna spend so much hours and money on things that's not gonna sell. At the end of the day, you started your business, number one, because you're very passionate about it. Number two, remember that you're raising funds. And if you raised funds, you are, you are required to, you know, at least generate some returns. So it's not now, a, it's not, your business is no longer like, this is something that I wanted to do. Now it's going to be tied up to, this is what I wanted to do. And at the same time, I'm responsible to generate some returns because I have investors. So that's why it's important that you continuously, ha you know, you know, continuously talk to your customers so you can understand what are the things that you have to focus on and work on and hopefully through that you get more traction validation and investors coming in and then make everything happen and as a question uh tell me both what are your plans for expansion expansion good question and we're very excited about it number one we're going to be operating in the philippines for at least a couple of years we are on the second year of our operate no first year of operations now um so the goal is to be very successful in the philippines um and then after that expand to the asia pacific region we're not going to be expanding outside apac because the stage out there is just so huge you see better team is focused on asian culture and i think that's what sets us apart against our competitor because we have a full understanding of the asian asian employee engagement asian employee experience because i gotta tell you limi it doesn't make sense that you compare an Asian employee to an employee in in Namur in in North I mean in North America or in 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 EMEA because the motivations of our employees there are totally different. Like a typical Asian, I would say, let's say a Filipino, a typical Filipino, and I think this is across all Asian uh, culture as well. We work hard because you know at some point we want to give back to our parents because they've raised us, right? Yes. In in North America, I'm 18. I'm going to leave you guys because I have my own life now. I'm going to look for my job because I need to feed myself. So you see the the difference in the in the in the culture. Like the motivation of people in Asia, they are working because they want to give back. But in in other in other location in other continent, that's not the 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 type of motivation they have. That's why we're focused on culture. So our expansion is really in Asia Pacific um, after the Philippines. So in this case, it will be Asia Pacific. And then in the future, once you network, once you get, uh, even co-partner, you might go all the way to, to America, to North America and Latin America and check what's going on with the uh, happiness network. Yeah, that, that could be... That could be um, because obviously we're we don't, we're not gonna shut the doors. Like if they're gonna see value, hey, you guys are very successful in APAC. What are you guys doing there? Why don't we go bring that over here? Well, we are very much willing to to check on it. But if they're gonna ask me, will it be a priority? No, it's not gonna be a priority. But definitely, we're open to have a conversation if we already reach that point. And in this case, uh, we have another question. So you said about having new, uh, other than better team, like better team is just a start. 
to other technologies and other designs. What's next? Where do you, to what areas would you like to expand your product? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking on creating an ecosystem for better team. Remember when I shared with you, employee experience is all about point one until the point end. So we wanted to consolidate all of these services in one platform. Like from the time that you post a job, from the time that they entered your offices, what are the technology that we can implement there? and how it can integrate to better team. That way, you as an HR professional, you get a sense of, okay, this employee from the time that he applied, he or she applied for the role up to the time that he or she got onboarded. These are the trends of his his or her employee experience. So that is always the vision. Come up with technology on how we're going to be able to bridge all of those um, experience um, touch points of an employee from the time that they decided to join the, an organization up to the time that they 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 left. So you can expect a lot of solutions um, that's going to be built around uh, that inflection point. At this point, it, it's we have the employee opinion survey. We have the mental health support. We don't have the recruitment piece of it yet. We don't have the onboarding piece of it yet. We don't have the, the employee relation side of it yet. So those are things that are in the pipeline. And in this case, when you keep saying that you got the Filipino profile and how how do you actually do it? The question is, do you do a needs of assessment? Uh, what's really going on and how do you actually uh, get a profile and if that can be adapted in another country? We already have um, a set of data. So that is a data that we have collected um, in 2020. We're in 150 outsourcing companies participated with an aggregate total number of, on top of my head, I think two, over 200,000 employees responded to that survey. So it was a survey that we've conducted all over the country in the Philippines um, and that was answered. We ran it for, I think it was three months when we ran it. So everyone responded to it. And that's where, that's the beginning of our data sets. So that's where we measure our benchmark. That's where we define what are the drivers. And obviously, as we get more responses now that our product is live, that data will become bigger. And then our AI and ML will now be applied, which will then make that data more matured. As to the question uh, as to how are we going to be, um, how are we going to be penetrating the Asia-Pacific market? Remember, be successful in the Philippines and we're focused on outsourcing. Since they have an operation, usually an outsourcing company will have an operation in the Philippines. Then we'll have a branch in Malaysia, then Taiwan, then Singapore. So once we're successful here, we're going to ask them to implement the same survey there. That way we can make our Asia-Pacific data set matured and then use that as the benchmark for the whole region. And in this case, I think it's amazing how you see like everybody actually uh, wanted to be part of this project to do the benchmark and to answer the survey. Was that part of the networking or do you want straight to like uh, the government uh, identity for help? It was both a partnership, um, both a partnership with the government and the industry association. So oh. that's why, you know, me being in the industry for so long and the domain expertise that I have, um, I was able to negotiate that, you know, very, very easy, to be honest with you. Like, I reached out to the organization of all the outsourcing companies in the country and asked them, hey, we are doing this. In exchange, we can provide you the data so you can also understand how the industry is trending. So that was just the X deal. And then they are the one who rallied that over to their member organization. So that's how it happened. So networking, government partnership and industry partnership, all of those together. 
How how long will you say? Oh my God! This, is that was that like a one year conversation, or did it happen like more quick than what you thought? Was it longer?、Uh, how was the support from the government? Yeah,、uh, the support from the well, the government is very supportive.、Mm-hmm. After all, there's not going to be any expense incurred on their part anyway. It is just、mm-hmm. like you know, <laughs> endorsing them over to endorsing us over to the right person to、uh, about it, and then checking the data privacy and all of those cybersecurity stuff. So. It is more of like、um, I would say about a year conversation, you know, little little conversation up to such time that we were able to build the whole workflow on how we're gonna do it.、Um, but but yeah, it took us maybe a year or two、um, conversation from the time it started up to the time that it materializes. And wow! And in this case,、uh, as a last question for me、uh, from my side and the team. I know you said something about we're gonna get this here in Philippines first, and then we're gonna start seeing other countries. How far do you forecast that? Is that something that we're saying like now, or what's going on?、Um, that is actually projected in 2023. Wow! Provided that you know everything is doing fine right now, like we are all on track. So if that will continue by 2023, we should be able to expand in Malaysia. So Malaysia is going to be the first、um, uh, country that we're going to be venturing out, primarily because Malaysia is kind of taking a portion of the outsourcing sector in the region.、Um, and then after Malaysia, we are seeing a good traction in Taiwan actually. So Taiwan is going to be part、yes. of the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Taiwan and then Singapore obviously is also part of it. Oh, okay, and in this case, I do want to give you space. I know you're growing.、Uh, I've been following you since 2020, and I think it's been a pleasure and a privilege for me to watch you grow and start. That's why I was saying, like, are you are you doing a book? Because it, it has so many stories, it has so many、uh, things, ups and down. It's a really roller coaster. But、uh, can you please tell our audience how we can find you,、uh, where we can find the information for your company? But most important, are you hiring? Okay. Well, first off, I want to thank everyone for having having me here tonight.、Um, so you can you can look for us online. We, our website is www.betterteam.com. Remember that team is spelled as T E E M. Our our motto is improving employee experience differently. That's why the spelling of team is different as well. So betterteam.com.、Uh, um, As to hiring, yes, we're hiring. We are actually looking for、uh, a growth、uh, lead that's going to be、uh, leading our our sales and marketing team. Also, we're hiring some sales associate. And the good news about it is that we're open to hiring from different regions. So、oh, wow. it's open. Yep, yep. Your work is、really? now becoming borderless. Yes,、um, we're hiring people from all over Asia Pacific.、Um, so long as we are on the same、um, time zone, because. I don't want to set up a meeting while you are sleeping. So obviously, that's one thing that I don't want to do. Oh, we so, used to do that back in the day. <laughs> I know, I know, right? You were so, in midnight, and I was in my my.、Yes. I was having my tea and my coffee. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, yes, we are hiring. We are hiring on in the engineering side. We are also we are hiring in the growth side, sales and marketing. All of those can be found on our website. So go ahead on our website if you are interested. Go submit your your application so we can set up a time. Again, it's not just going to be limited. In the Philippines, it can be anywhere in in Asia Pacific. We're also hiring for internship. So、oh, wow. if you are into、um, computer science,、um, marketing, and communication, we have some openings as well. 
if you are really good in graphics, we need someone that's going to be working on our graphics. So, so email me. My email is bo, B-O, at betterteam.com or go to our website or on a LinkedIn site. Well, definitely that's going to be a great adventure. So you're also doing internships and uh, how I, I know this is very important. So uh, I, I know that's something that they're going to ask. How many hours are you requiring for internship? 300 hours of internship. Okay. And it's going to be a paid internship, by the way. Oh, that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so much, but, you know, it's still going to be paid. At least you can buy yourself a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. You will double the, the race. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bo, thank you. It's been such a pleasure for me to be with you. Thank you for joining this journey and sitting on the fire. I hope you enjoyed. And uh, is there anything else you want to say to our viewers? I'm all good. Well, thank you. You guys stay safe. We are in a very challenging time still. Um, just hang in there. We're going to get through this. <laughs> I think time flies. We can't believe that it's been actually more. It's been two years since it all started. And we don't see yourself like what's going on? What's next? And I think it's going so fast. So thank you for sharing uh, your adventures, your ups and downs. Thank you. Thank you for this. We really appreciate this space. And it's been always a pleasure to see you. Have a great night. Bye, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye.